0: Welcome, everyone, to the Cardio Seeds Podcast. I'm Dr. Svetlana Shimon, your host. Today, we will explore the present and future of American healthcare, discussing ways to optimize the system and improve the well-being of medical professionals. So if you are with us, let's dive right in and begin this exciting journey together. In this episode of the Cardio Seeds podcast, I want to talk to you about dealing with grief and loss and about things that you cannot change. This podcast is all about lifestyle medicine, the holistic approach to prevention, treatment, and reversal of chronic disease by identifying its root causes that are based on an unhealthy lifestyle and switching to healthy habits one at a time. One of the huge pillars of lifestyle medicine is stress management. We don't think about dealing with severe acute stress, grief or loss until they happen to us. But speaking from the personal experience In retrospect, it would be nice to understand ahead of time how to minimize the impact of severe stress on our mental and physical well-being. There is a saying, what does not kill you makes you stronger, but does it? It's true that in evolutionary sense, those who survived the calamity were the fittest. But it's not the calamity that made them so. Developmental research had shown convincingly that traumatized children are more, not less likely to be traumatized again. Kids who grew up in a tough neighborhood became weaker, not stronger. They're more, not less likely to struggle in the world. And the effect on adults is generally similar. Sometimes even one severe stressful event can result in a lifelong PTSD, let alone a long series of stressful events, even if they are relatively low-grade stresses. If they are repetitive and never-ending, will never make a person stronger, but rather would weaker physically and mentally. Unless, unless that person knows specifically how to deal with stress in a scientific way. After all, there are professions that are associated with very high level of stress, and people must carry on day to day, year to year, decade to decade. Police officers, ER and trauma unit doctors, forensic teams, rescuers, even school teachers, stay-home moms of multiple unruly kids. Psychology and psychiatry research demonstrated that when severe acute stress becomes chronic, it affects our mental and physical health in a profoundly negative ways. Humans have an amazing ability to withstand even the most severe psychological stresses when they are relatively short-lived. It's chronic stress that starts affecting us, creating all kinds of mental and physical illnesses, from coronary vascular disease to cancers to psychiatric problems. So, we have to adapt to the situation, making loss-related stress as short-lasting as possible. Given the fact that we often cannot influence external circumstances. We have to concentrate on things that we can change and take it from there. So let me tell you what happened to me. On February 24th this year, 2022, my husband woke me up in the middle of the night saying, Lana, Russia is attacking Ukraine and it's a full-scale war and it looks really, real bad. The whole world, including me, was watching Russia accumulating their troops alongside the Ukrainian border for months and months. But nobody really believed that the Russian president would ever attack Ukraine. And now it was happening worse than anybody would ever predict it. The Russian army invaded Ukraine fast and furious, like hordes of barbarians bombing towns and cities to oblivion, killing innocent civilians, burning towns and villages to the ground, making millions of people homeless and displaced. To understand what it meant to me, consider this. I was born in Ukraine and lived there for 26 years before immigrating to the U.S. almost 30 years ago. In Ukraine, I went to school and became a doctor. In Ukraine, I lived all my life and my mom just died in Kiev barely three months before this war. My uncles, aunts and cousins and friends still live there. I took my Lebanese husband to visit and he loved it. In 2014, my hometown was taken over by the Russian separatists and ever since was lost forever and now was heavily shelled. So, when my husband woke me up that night on February 24th, I remember choking on tears and having a sense that time stopped around me and my heart was taken out of my chest. If somebody ever experienced a significant personal loss in their life, they could probably relate to this. This feeling persisted, and I still have not recovered since. Even though the U.S. has become my beloved home for the past 30 years, and is the country that I became the part of, and I feel deeply patriotic about, I love its people, admire its grit, deeply cherish everything it gave me, and I would defend until my last breath. Despite all of that, my heart and soul never really parted with my home country, Ukraine. At 26, I left my country with nothing but $300 in my pocket, and I crossed the Atlantic Ocean. Became a refugee in Canada, not because I wanted to do so, but because I had to save my children and myself. After the fall of the horrible dictatorship of the Soviet Union, when the crime and hunger and horrors engulfed my homeland, brotherly love of the former Soviet republics suddenly turned into dog its dog survival of the fittest bloody human contest. With a new life in America for me, Ukraine survived, raised from the ashes, and built a new life showing the whole world that it did not need or want centuries long forced upon its Russian dictatorship and Russian oppression to move forward. People of Ukraine were brave, progressive, and forward thinking. And they fought for their freedom, showing strength and resolve. I was so proud of my new country. And I took my adult daughter and then my Lebanese American husband to visit, and they both loved it. And now Russia started this war, punishing Ukraine again for trying to be independent, prosperous, and trying to break free from its oppression. I am a survivor. I have seen a lot of bad things in my life, but this was something else. I was in a full-blown panic, grief, and shock that transformed into a depression. For two months straight, I was living a nightmare. I could not sleep, eat, breathe, or think about anything else but this war and my former compatriots who were bombed, displaced, and bravely fighting the behemoths of the Russian army. I was literally glued to the computer and the phone trying to get every bit of information about the situation, about the civilian losses and the developing situation on the front lines. The horror that we witnessed in almost real time with kids and pregnant women dying under the bombs, scores of the elderly people living on the ruins of their burning homes, people tortured and executed in Bucha, the imaginable Tragedy of Mariupol. All this broke my heart day after day, minute after minute. I felt like I was dying with Ukraine and its people minute after minute. And I realized that I was going through some of the classic stages of grief. But in my case, they did not come consecutively, but rather melted into one another creating a horrible, overwhelming array of emotions, denial, anger, and depression all at once. Starting with a denial, I was thinking maybe the Russians will realize the horrors they're committing and rise against the government, or maybe Putin himself decides to withdraw the troops. Or maybe the Russian army gets too demoralized and refuses to fight and refuses to kill the innocent Ukrainian civilians. Anger and depression followed shortly after I realized that my hopes were futile and the war going to be brutal, bloody, and long, and that many Ukrainians, maybe even some of my friends and relatives, would lose their lives fighting for freedom. I found myself donating to various Ukrainian causes, posting patriotic messages online crying almost 24-7, feeling completely exhausted, empty, and desperate. After two months, I looked at exhausted myself in the mirror with eyes swallowing and dark circles under my eyes and asked myself, what can I do to protect myself from falling apart? And to be honest with you, this was not the first time I was dealing with Acute grief in my life. My dad committed suicide when I was 26 years old, and my mom died just merely four months ago, both leaving me grieving and recovering. And now I had to deal with another blow when I had not even fully recovered from the loss of my mother. It was hard, but I knew that now I had to pull myself together to preserve my health in the long run, both physical and mental. I recalled my experiences with the strongest grief in my life, the time after my dad's unexpected suicide, when I had very, very dark thoughts and a very tough time just carrying on with my life. What did I do then? I recalled that I was praying a lot. I went to church and took long, long walks all by myself in nice neighborhood park where I sat for hours under a large tree listening to the rustling of the leaves over my head and touching the tree bark and talking to my dad imagining he was around. I recall talking to a grief counselor, which helped me tremendously. The hardest part was to persuade myself to actually go to the counselor, but once I went, I was wondering why I have not done it much earlier. So, I started talking to my husband, my daughters, and my friends, to just everybody who could relate to my situation with the war in Ukraine and could not only share my grief but simply listen to me. We started protesting my daughters, and I, and my husband. We were voicing support to our Ukrainian government and troops. And by doing so, we felt united with our country and its people who were suffering. Donating to the Ukrainian causes and just Going to those anti-war protests, just posting anti-war messages online felt to me like I belonged to a certain support group, that I was not alone. I found comfort in calling and thanking my friends in Poland who helped to feed and house some of the Ukrainian refugees, and of course, I was calling and texting my Ukrainian family and friends almost daily, asking for the updates in their personal situation. I felt that I would probably and hopefully never reach the acceptance stage of my grief, because if... It would personally mean that I accepted the fact of this horrific reality. I am fine with not reaching acceptance as long as this war lasts and as long as I breathe whatever comes first because I do not want to accept it. I consciously allow myself to live with chronic grief at this point without letting a complete resolution and acceptance settle in my heart because this war is against my homeland and its people and its unjust, horrific, criminal, bloody, and it should end. But at the same time, I also would not allow Putin and his war to kill my soul and my body by creating such a horrific stress that it's unimaginable and it takes me into a spiral and spiral out of control. I will be able to cope and fight back from here and whichever way I can and whichever form I can. So, What I advocate doing if you are in a situation like me or whatever situation of the acute stress or loss, as lifestyle medicine teaches us and psychology teaches us, acknowledge your feelings. They are completely natural and normal. Let your grief take over you. Grief as much, as strong and as long as you want at this moment. Cry as much as hard as you want because internalizing your emotions during the acute stage of grief is very harmful to you. If you feel like keeping a journal, do it. Psychology proved that penning down your thoughts and emotions, all of them, is very therapeutic. I personally did not keep a journal. I felt like listening to sad, very, very sad music and songs. I felt like singing uh, and doing crafts like making jewelry. This was my these were my ways to express my emotions and my grief. In general, try to continue your hobbies. It could be your key to survival. Now the most important thing, connect, connect and connect. Not just online. Talk to your family, talk to your friends, at least on the phone, but better in person. Hold hands, let them embrace you, cry on their shoulders, sometimes literally. Let people support you emotionally. Do seek grief counseling. From the personal experience, I can tell you it's hard. It's hard to get yourself out of bed or even brush your teeth the first several days after acute loss, but it's very hard to go to a therapist as well. But doing so will be so much better for you. It could be a lifesaver for you in the long run. Also, I cannot overemphasize this, limit your exposure to all the negative information from television and the internet. I made a mistake to not protect myself for the first two months, and I went nearly insane. So, do protect yourself if your grief can be perpetuated through media. And the last, but not the least... Take care of your physical body, eat well, hydrate, get enough sleep, protect your sleep wake schedule, get outside and get some exposure to the sun and the elements, breathe fresh air, stay in silence, look at the plants, flowers, touch tree, trees, trees. Leaves, look at the um, flowing Creek River, listen to the singing birds, the raindrops, um, look at the passing clouds. Do not self-medicate with drugs or alcohol. Please, please don't do this. This is the biggest mistake one can make under the circumstances. I don't drink alcohol at all, but I know that people who do drink, they tend to drink heavily during the under stress. So, this is very wrong. Why? Because alcohol makes depression, anxiety, stress 10 times, 100 times worse. It also interrupts your sleep-wake cycle when you need sleep the most. So you can do so many things to relax, like breathing exercises or meditation, or just get quiet observation of nature, as I said before. Avoid alcohol during the times of severe stress at all costs, and you will be grateful to me for this one piece of advice alone. So, to sum it up, you cannot undo things in life that are not up to you. You have to concentrate on things that you can change and make sure that an acute severe stress does not become a chronic one. It universally applies to all the acute stresses, losses, grief. I hope I, a person who experienced grief and losses firsthand, was able to give you a couple of practical tips. So, my dear listeners, wherever you are at this point, life is worth it, and never, ever give up. It was your host, Dr. Svetlana Shimon a board-certified lifestyle cardiologist and a behavioral coach from the suburbs of Philadelphia. I'm the founder and the owner of Cardio Seeds, a lifestyle cardiology consultant and coaching. And thank you for listening to the weekly Cardio Seeds podcast. Goodbye.